the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you again today. Don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Go there, sign up for the Daily Wink, uh, get onto my email list. Every morning, 5 a.m. Pacific time, you can get the email that will start your day right. In fact, I've been telling people more and more... You really only need Ed Martin's Pro-America Report, The Daily Wink, and you probably can stop watching the news. I've actually stopped watching any cable news if I can avoid it. I will watch press conferences. I will watch some commentary shows. I actually will watch Anderson Cooper, a little bit of it, not a whole show, to see how CNN is thinking. I'll watch Tucker Carlson. But after that, I I just don't watch much of it. It doesn't help me understand things. It only helps agitate me. And we'll talk later on in the show. I'm going to do a whole segment on this topic. But um, for now, let's get to what you need to know. You know, each day at 3 p.m. East Coast time, I do a Periscope. Uh, you may all know, you may, you all may know Periscope and track it. Periscope is the service of, of Twitter that you can do a video, uh, uh, you know, record a video, um, streaming video. And I'll do a Periscope there. And, and I do the Pledge of Allegiance every time I'm there. And then I talk about a few things and then we get to what you need to know. So it's a little warm up for the show here. And, um, I also will take some feedback from folks. Folks will uh, ping me and let me know what uh, they want to talk about in real time. Because when you're on Periscope, you can see the um, you can see the the uh, comments as they scroll by. So it's very interesting. And and on today's uh, Periscope, I I had some uh, questions and some things to follow up on. Uh, but I got to the big wink, as you know, wink is what you need to know. And so uh, what you need to know is uh, the most important things uh, that, and go, by, oh, by the way, someone is texting me, Eagle Ed Martin, at Eagle Ed Martin is the uh, place to go on uh, Twitter and uh, also on Periscope. And uh, that's where you go to check it out. And you can find there, Periscope is a different app, actually. It's a different app in and of itself. Uh, but you can go there and uh, and you will be able to find uh, all the things, uh, all the different um, aspects, uh, all the different. You can go to Periscope, you can go to Twitter and you can get to my Periscope, uh, Periscope account. So I'm trying to say I'm not saying it very well, um, but uh, that is uh, what to do. So today, let's uh, let me first tell you a quick story about uh, what happened today when I went to the barber. So I haven't been to the barber in a long time. 
And I go to see my barber. It's been about four or five weeks. I've been once, one other time since the uh, great quarantine. So it's been maybe five or six weeks. But I went to see him today. And he's a very, I, I tell people wisdom, wisdom is, is often, not always, but if you have two things, you'll be wise, is my experience. One is time. As you get older, you got a better chance of being wise. And the second is confidence. And what I mean by confidence is you have a sense of where you fit into life in the world. Uh, confidence is a word that means with faith at its roots. Cum, cum, cum fidei, with faith is the roots of that word from Latin. And so you get a guy that's got some time under his belt or a gal, time under her belt, and then has some confidence, understands where they fit in the world, understands usually that they have a belief in God. Uh, but so my barber has has wisdom and, and he's a good guy. So first he told me the story that yesterday he had a, a young guy in his early 30s in the chair getting his hair cut who works in Richmond for the Democrats and uh, in, in the Capitol, in the legislature. And this young fella said to the barber after a while of visiting, he said, we know we're stuck. We know we're losing. We're going to lose everything. And, the, and the, he told the barber, he said, we just know the radicals in our own party have taken over. Um, so then I said to my barber, like I said, is kind of a wise, wise man. I said, what do you think? And he said he thinks the Democrats and the liberals know they're losing. And now they're committing political suicide because he said, look, they're just going so crazy. They're losing any touch with reality. And nobody thinks that work. They're not even asking for any specific thing. They're just angry and, and flailing as they implode. Now, I don't know if I believe it, although I, when he said it, I thought, man, it does sound right. But I can tell you this. Every time you see polling right now that tells you that that Biden is winning and the Democrats are doing great. I'm here to tell you it's all a lie. They're desperate to lie to you. They're either oversampling Democrats or liberals on purpose or they're just lying about it, which is polling is just another word for lying. It's a it's a, a Latin word for lying. Actually, it's not. I'm just saying that, but it might as well be. Pollsters are liars no matter what. Uh, I can tell you that inside the White House, the polling that they're looking at, I've talked to somebody this morning about it. They're, they're in great shape. They think they're as in good a shape as they've been since he's been president, especially because of what this extremism is doing. So just beware of that. Be FYI on that. All right. But let me get to what you need to know. What you need to know today is great jobs numbers came out. But the job numbers that came out, almost 5 million new jobs created, unemployment rate drops back down to 11%. You know, it was up by 15% or so, even in the last few weeks. So it's it's directionally the right way. Still a lot of unemployment, still a lot of, you know, people that are struggling. Don't get me wrong. It's not a celebration point. But the direction is starting to look like what has been my assertion for a long time, which is this is not a recession. It's not a depression. It's not a market crash. It was a pause. So you paused a lot of things and then you restart them. And so the question I had was, would this sort of self-inflicted pause be able to be restarted? And the answer appears to be yes. Now, I still think there's some softness and some questions about the, the restaurant market. You know, how is that going to come back? I don't think people are going to eat out as much and all that. But it certainly is true now, four or five or six weeks into the restart, you know, it's 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 going different ways in different places. Um, but it appears the economy's restarting. It was a pause. It's restarting. And it appears to be, at least directionally, the right way. Now, Understand, as soon as that news is out, you've seen it for about 10 days now. The media is harping on really about four or five days. It's accelerated how bad the coronavirus spread is and all that stuff. That's a lie. And here's the truth. 
It is true that more people are showing up on the testing with coronavirus. That's factual. The, but the, the best answer is that the, the, the mortality rate is way down. In other words, we're finding out that people have this or had it, and they're not dying from it. Now, they still have illness. They still have some serious concerns. You shouldn't take it lightly. But the fact is, we're not. it's not getting worse as a pandemic. It's getting sustained, which everybody expected. So don't let that panic kick in. But back to the jobs numbers. Remember, I've been telling you, and this is very important to track. I've been telling you for a long time that the best way to measure the economy, I call it the Eagle Index. The Eagle Index includes examining four factors. Number one is Wall Street. Number two is unemployment. Number three is consumer confidence. And number four is small business confidence. Because the Wall Street is an indication of big, big business confidence, world economy confidence. Unemployment is an indication of how individuals are doing, families. And you know, you, you, if you don't have a job, you've got a problem. Even if you're underemployed, if you have a job, you got something. So those two are sort of one. Then could small business confidence, the, and the National Federation of Independent Businesses does a survey. It's a good indication if the small business, the guy that runs a, a Jiffy Lube or a 7-Eleven or is a doctor and has four employees or is a lawn care guy and has 10, if they're feeling confident, that means they can feel they're the front lines of what's going on. And then the last one is consumer confidence. So what was missed today, at least in the coverage I saw, was the good news about the jobs numbers, and then typically the hand wringing by the people in the uh, in the you know the top people who said, "Oh my gosh!" But wait, maybe the numbers aren't so good because there's a little bit of a lag, and and the you know two last two weeks have been harder. Blah blah blah. Nonsense. I mean, it, it, the, the, I've never thought that the jobs indicators and unemployment rates are are magic, but they're an indication of direction. When you see a sustained direction, as in the last two months, we've seen people go going back to work and jobs coming back, you, you can get a sense of the direction. As to the details, well, I kind of think that they're like, uh, you know, status, status, statistics like this are a little bit like, a little bit like polling. I, I think they can be skewed and messed with. So, but... The good news is directionally it's right. Directionally it's right. But but so the New York Times is immediately saying, oh, my gosh, the unemployment numbers, they're really – we added a lot of jobs, but it may be hiding real doom and gloom around the corner. It's like, okay, guys, you know, you, 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 can't, you, can't, wish for, you can't wish for winning. I mean, you win and you still get dinged. But here's what was missed. Only one place I saw it covered, and that was in the um, Business Insider, I think, wrote a bit, a bit about it. And that is this. There was a consumer confidence survey, so, and that's way up. So consumers who are going to drive the economy coming back into business are confident it's going the right direction. Again, as I've told you before, the way we think about the economy and what's happening is a huge factor in what happens. So if more and more people... By the way, there hasn't been a National Federation of Independent Businesses. The Small Business Consumer Confidence Survey hasn't happened. I think it happens this quarter. It may be happening like at the end of this past month in June. They're doing it right now, and then they'll have it out in a few weeks. I'm not sure. But but if as people feel more confident that things are going in the right direction, it has a sort of amplifying, a multiplier effect on what happens in the economy. So really good news that lots of people are back to work. Really good news that the jobs numbers are going the right direction. But really good news that the consumer confidence is up. 
Because if, as I say, consumer confidence is the best indication of, you know, if you have a job, but it's not a great job or you're worried about it, you can't really tell that from unemployment numbers. But if you look at things like consumer confidence, that's the people that say, yeah, I might buy a new car or I'm thinking about buying, um, you know, uh, a, um, a new grill or I, I might go ahead and get carpet in that part of my house that I've been waiting, all those kinds of things. Consumer confidence shows you how people feel, which is a little better. And then, of course, the stock market is up today. Uh, not dramatically. I think it's up close to, I don't know, it, it, it closed at about, um, I don't know, 20, almost 26,000. But, but back from where it was, the tanking from uh, um, two months ago, and it's going the right direction. So my point here is a really good day. Really good day, and the really good in the sense, especially that the things that have to do with how we feel about the economy are going in the right direction. So people should be excited. We still need to be concerned about how to reopen our schools and how to get things focused. We got to worry about our, our older folks in our community, make sure that they're protected because the, the 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 virus can the Wuhan virus can get young people in high numbers. And they almost never die. I mean, sometimes they're really sick, but they almost never die. But when you're older and you get that Wuhan virus, it can really be tough to recover. So we do have to be really careful uh, about it. So, But good news and a good day. Good heading into a holiday weekend. Uh, and I, we will not have a show tomorrow, the 3rd of July. So uh, everybody have a happy 4th of July. We got a lot of the show here. We got Dr. Brett M. Decker coming up. And then uh, we'll do a little wrap-up and a 4th of July uh, send-off at the end of the show. It's great to have you. To, great to be with you. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro. America Report. Be right back. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Well, it's time to check in with our old friend, Dr. Brett M. Decker. Dr. Decker, of course, is a New York Times bestselling author, and he's authored many books, uh, books about Asia, where he was the Wall Street Journal Asia reporter. He's written uh, 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 pieces, uh, books on uh, politicians and books on policy. He, of course, was the Washington Times editorial page editor. Currently is a professor at Defiance College in Ohio and also is on the board of advisors to the USA Today's editorial page. I think I have that right. Uh, Dr. Decker, welcome back to the program. First, let me ask you, you've lived all over the world, you know, from Hong Kong to uh, London, Washington, D.C. area, you know, Detroit, all over the world. What's your opinion of what you're seeing in these cities like Seattle and Minneapolis? I mean, is there, what, what do you what's your reaction to this whole thing? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny you bring that up because I was looking at these pictures of the Seattle police trying to clear out the sort of autonomous zone, and yeah, like like what a what a trash heap they've turned in. You know, Seattle is a nice <laughs> city, and and yeah. like everything spray painted, everything dirty, trash everywhere. And exactly what came to my mind was, wow, you know, I've spent time in conflict zones, third world countries, like places that don't have the rule of law that have martial law at night because people stab each other or whatever. And this is what America's cities have become. They're becoming like places that people are trying desperately to leave, to come to America. We're turning America into those places. Right. So, so I mean, you have to have the rule of law, you know, there's this thin line between anarchy and order. And we've usually been on the right side of that and we're just erasing the line. And it's very dangerous and very sad to see. 
We're talking with uh, Dr. Brett M. Decker. Uh, now, when you watched what happened in Seattle, I think you and I talked offline about this, but I, I don't recall for sure, but I think we did. A lot of folks are frustrated that it went on for so long. And even more, there are, there are good contingent of people that are saying, why won't the president do something? Uh, what's your opinion? I mean, what's the president going to do? Call in the you know, uh, 82nd Airborne into Seattle over the wishes of the mayor or the governor? I mean, I know it looks messy, but it's not his mess. I mean, it's the mess of those of those local areas. But I mean, what's your thoughts? Is it are, are things going too far? And should the president do more? You know, lots of people, I was about to say over dinner, people ask, like when I'm having like a virtual happy hour with people, what I, people are asking me this all the time, why doesn't the president do anything? And I think there are a couple, um, right, there are political calculations, which are very realistic, especially when you have this attack media mischaracterizing everything the president will do. Um, but I think there's also the reality of, um, why don't you let some of these people um, wallow in their own mess, right? You have an idiot like de Blasio running New York City. Well, people elected him. So why don't you see the, you know, live with the consequences of your electoral choices, right? The, the old saying in a democracy or a republic, you get the leaders you deserve because you pick them. Um, so I think part of it is, okay, if these idiots want to destroy their society, let's let them. And then hopefully people will realize, okay, we need to change and go back to sanity. But I think the other thing is, um, I think President Trump is probably sitting there going, you know what, uh, this probably helps me in the end because America's not that crazy yet. There's a minority that is, but the majority doesn't want to see the, the entire country burn down, right? And and getting rid of the cops, they're afraid to say so. If a pollster calls, people aren't going to be like, oh yeah, I want to crack some skulls, but. <laughs> But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people, a, a majority, I think, I think right when Nixon won in 68, he was saying there's a silent, or in seven, and then reelected in 72, the idea was there's a silent majority against the crazies, the, the anti-war, um, anti-establishment, anti-law and order hippie crazies. I think today you have a larger majority or a similar size majority, but it's even more silent, right? Because you're, huh. you're just... You're, yeah. you're 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 shunned and you're shamed into not saying what you think, um, especially if you happen to make sense, right? So I think I think that's what's going on. I think I think the president knows the more out of hand things get, um, it pushes people his way. Is the um, do you is the what's the politics of this, of this though? I mean, at a certain point, you know, you know the old saying, and they say about uh, a campaign, it don't get in the way of your opponent when he's messing up, or you know, or worse. If you're Joe Biden, hiding in the basement probably is working pretty well because Donald Trump has to be out facing the coronavirus, facing Antifa, facing his own party, facing Pelosi, facing, facing, facing. I mean, it it, it it's uh, it's a tough election year uh, lineup? Yeah, I think, the one, I think the president can rebound. I think he's sort of hitting bottom, famous last words. But I think I think mm-hmm. on the Biden side, I think there are two factors that, um, one, there are four months until the election. You can't hide in your basement for four months in theory, right? I mean, a part okay. of the reason they want more lockdowns is they want no debate. They, they don't want Biden. They want Biden to win without ever having to complete a sentence, which... He's incapable of doing. So eventually Biden has to come out, right, um, right. supposedly, and, and say something. So I think I think that the other thing is, if Biden does do that, if you're if you're preventing if you if you're hiding your candidate from people 
Well, his skills mm-hmm. are getting rusty. Like, remember Jeb in the last election? He he'd been out of the game so long. He he, he was rusty. He wasn't being able. He wasn't being able to do things he used to be good at. And I think Biden, right? If you're hiding from people, once you are kind of let out to the sunlight, you're you're going to be less articulate than maybe you were before, which is hard for him, but he will be. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I think that's the other danger too. Is uh, that's actually a great point, and I, if it ever comes around, I mean, I think their gamble is going to be try to play out this the string. I want to shift gears a little bit. I, we talked earlier, you know, we we're talking with uh, Dr. Brett M. Decker, Dr. Brett M. Decker, New York Times bestselling author, professor at Defiance College in Ohio. Now, um, internationally. Uh, a couple days ago, China, communist China, the regime votes through its legislature. I, I assume it was signed by the president. I don't know how he even works over there, but whatever it was, a fiat that's basically, I think, my read is diminishing Hong Kong's independence headed towards sort of takeover. Is there any hope that Hong Kong stays independent and stays what Hong Kong was? Um, I don't think there is at all. And I, I mean, you need, you know, some external actor isn't going to intervene on behalf of Hong Kong, which really is an internal, um, you know, it, one country, two systems was in the treaty with Britain in the handover in 1997. But who's going to enforce anything to do with that now that it is it is part of China, right? So um, I think the the big problem was the... Britain handing over Hong Kong to China um, had its own original sin, which was a, which was eventually going to become a problem, and it has. Like, the chickens are coming home to roost in a bad deal, you know? I mean, what is interesting yeah. about Hong Kong is, you know, I moved there just a couple of years after the hand, handover, and in the history of the world, it's a place that was basically begging to remain a colony. So all these anarchists that are tearing down statues and burning down cities and writing like racist colonial king and stuff on statues and monuments. Well, some places wanted to stay colonies because they realized that um, Western colonialism actually brought law and order and a better life to people in a lot of places, including Hong Kong. Right. You know, I got an, I got a question earlier today that I thought um, I, I'd ask you. Uh, uh, someone asked me, um, maybe yesterday they asked it, that uh, if China moved on Taiwan, would we really go to war over Taiwan? I don't think so. I don't think the American people. I used to tell Taiwanese leaders that when I would be in Taipei back when I lived out there. They say, look, you guys need to have a plan because Republicans in Congress are 100% behind you. They'll they'll get as much funding your way and, and our talking points are solid on that. But the American people aren't going to get into a war with China over Taiwan. I don't think so. Right. So at some point, that's what China will do, right? They'll look for an opportunity where they can move in there and, and, and you know, I mean, not to, not to predict it or encourage them, but right about now would be the last, least likely time that America would mount any kind of real, uh, um, you know, opposition. I just, I wondered about that. Okay, now let me uh, slide back over to into Europe and the EU. Uh, we don't hear much about this right now. You know, we hear a lot in the papers about America's economy and America's uh, uh, battling the virus. What's the state of Europe? I mean, the American economy, at least the Wall Street's gone back up. The, the, directionally, the unemployment numbers are headed the right way. Is, is, is Europe coming back, too? Um, well, you know, I, th- I think the thing is, right, everybody's kind of, everybody's kind of waiting for the second shoe to drop. So, so things are sort of uh-huh. becoming a little more normal. 
But um, mm-hmm. I think the big problem is Europe has a lot of these systemic problems that don't have answers. Um, so mm-hmm. anything there is kind of a delay. So, you know, a little short-term rebound. I mean, the global economy can use anything, any positive news it can get right now, right? But, um, right. I mean, I think, I think Europe, a lot of the business closures and things happen very early. So since mm-hmm. they were a little ahead of the game from us, it stabilized a little sooner. But that doesn't mean there's not, like, uh, a, a second round of trouble. All right. Well, as always, thank you, Dr. Brenham Decker, for your insight and expertise. We will look forward to talking with you again next week. Have a great, happy Fourth of July weekend to you. Hope you have a great celebration again, Dr. Brett M. Decker, New York Times bestselling author and professor at Defiance College. Thanks a lot, Brett. God bless America. Uh huh. There you go. All right. We'll take another quick break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report on the Answer, San Diego. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. So I I wanted to uh, spend a few moments. I got a few emails um, over the last few weeks about something that I think is bothering people. And I think it's worth talking about in light of the news that this um, woman, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Giselle, Giselle, Giselle Maxwell, um, this this, this woman who was uh, either a girlfriend of uh, Epstein, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. uh, Her name's Giselaine Maxwell, or maybe she was his aide getting uh, all kinds of bad things happening. I don't really understand, but she was arrested for uh, being part of a prostitution ring or some kind of violation. And and it, it, it reminded me of a couple of emails I got from people say where they said things like, are we going to hold anybody accountable? You know, I think there's more and more frustration uh, over the fact that people are um, uh, asking, you know, where is the accountability? All of these... Um, uh, you know, all these people who have have done things that we've seen, you know, start with Hillary Clinton, who did her email thing and never got held accountable. And not only did she never get held accountable, neither did anybody else. I mean, you know, she she did this and nobody nobody was held accountable, not her, not her people or her. So um, the uh the, the the reality is uh, that the, and that, so that's one example. But then you bounce all the way through and you say, well, wait, it looks like Brennan and Clapper lied. It looks like um, some of the people in the Mueller report lied. It looks like Schiff was lying. It looks like uh, Strzok and, and Page were committing something akin to uh, a mess, all this kind of stuff. And the question is, people say, uh, is there going to be anyone held accountable? And I think that might be the question that few people aren't asking. Uh, in other words, if you're the Trump, the people that are Trump folks who are with this president anyway, they're saying to themselves, where is the action against these bad folks? And and here's one thing that's coming. I can tell you this. The White House has been bracing for and well, preparing for the fact that Durham, uh, this uh, U.S. attorney from Connecticut, is going to have a report and indictments. Uh, but it's already July 4th. So, you know, that you're 100, you're less than 120 days away from the election day. You know, the election day is coming. In fact, uh, uh, election day will be uh, tomorrow, will be July 3rd, right? So you're talking about uh, August, September, October, November. Four months from tomorrow is election day. Four months. So if you have indictments tomorrow, and I don't think you will, you're not going to have a, a trials. You're not going to have much pretrial or anything before election day. 
And so, you know, people are frustrated with that. They're frustrated that different folks. And what made me think of this Maxwell woman was most people thought she was a big part of the the, the abuse that had gone on, the, the really terrible sort of uh, uh, misconduct, uh, the alleged the alleged sexual misconduct that um, that uh, Epstein was facing uh, real likelihood of being charged on and, and uh, was arrested for and before he died. Um, you know, she was a part of that. So people said, how can she get away with it? And she finally got got uh, brought in. Now, it still doesn't make it's not clear to to me why I think she was out of the country, why she came back to allow herself to be snapped up. She has money. And I, so I wonder now if she's got a deal lined up, in which case, can you imagine what the deal will be? It's at least a deal. Uh, if she's if she's singing, if she's going to tell, tell the stories on everybody, it's at least going to be uh, a lot of famous people, a lot of wealthy people, a lot of people that are names that people will know. I'm not sure who that is uh, exactly, but I think that's what's going to happen. So that's going to be one thing. The Durham report, again, if it came out tomorrow, would there be indictments tomorrow? I think his report will be accompanied with indictments. In other words, I think he's probably got a grand jury impaneled and he's probably getting ready to indict some people. So in that case, if we see that run come out, that's going to have indictments. But that's just going to be a story. They're going to deny it and they're not going to get to a trial by November 3rd. And then can you imagine if, if it by chance Joe Biden wins and he gets a new Justice Department a, 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 um, attorney general and he replaces people? Could he just walk away from them? I, I imagine he could. That's basically what you had with the Flynn situation, a decision not to charge. I mean, uh, so that that's one example. So the that in one in my mind, it sets up yet another argument for the, the, the fact that. We need to hold the direction of our government, at least the presidency and the Senate, to get accountability. And frankly, the most resounding victory of the conservative side, the sort of pro-Trump side in the House and Senate, might empower the accountability of the House and Senate against their own, against the, these folks that did this. Because, it, you know, you, Schiff was lying to the American people for two years. But he couldn't be called out on it because it was classified. So the people who knew he was lying and could say it were all tied up by the, the same uh, rules, the same, uh, you know, can't talk about classified information. But if they were, if we get through this election and there's a change in, in leadership in the House, you could have committees looking into all these things. And you could have a lot of the sunlight brought in this. However, my problem is we had both houses of the, you know, the, the Senate and the House. We had both the chambers. And we had Paul Ryan in charge and Mitch McConnell in charge, and they did none of the things that were forward-looking. They didn't step up to any of these things. So I have to tell you, the only one, the only hope we have is this president continuing and continuing to try to hold them accountable. And even that, I'm not sure he can win, because I think it's going to be harder and harder for him to get anybody held accountable. And I think that more and more Americans are looking up and they're saying, look, the system is rigged. You know, there's a famous uh, philosopher named Eric Hoffer. You'll probably often hear me quote him. And he's famous for writing a book called True Believers, Reflections on Mass Movements. But one of his most famous uh, phrases, a famous sort of um, uh, kind of uh, truth, uh, you know, phrases of truth, he says, is every great movement begins as a cause, becomes a business, and eventually degenerates into a racket. And right now we have the Washington, D.C. racket, where... Only the weak and politically unconnected are held accountable. Everybody else is going to get a pass. Remember all the insider trading stuff that happened a few months ago? All gone. Nobody charged. Nobody held accountable. Nobody even had to give back the profits that they made. There's one set of rules for you and me, and there's another set for the swamp. 
And the only guy that's made any progress in stopping it is Trump. And he's only done it in fits and starts. But that's our only hope. That's our only hope going forward. I don't think you can think of it any other way. Uh, and that's what that's what you got to wonder. But um, but someone who was texting, so that's my answer. I think we will have accountability only through Trump. I don't think you can count on Congress or the Senate. I don't, maybe they will. Maybe the House and Senate will surprise. But they didn't do it in two and a half years ago or four years ago when they had the House. And then they gave it up when they lost the uh, House. So, all right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. A crucial part of leading anything is effectively managing what kind of people you keep close to you. President Trump effectively leads our nation with a team of dedicated staffers who agree with his pro-America mission. James O'Keefe's Project Veritas made waves earlier this year using undercover video footage to expose the communists and anarchists filling the ranks of the Democratic presidential campaigns. However, you don't need secret cameras to see the extremism in Joe Biden's presidential campaign. His staffers openly brag on social media about their extremist tendencies. When violent looters and rioters took to the streets in Minneapolis and other cities wreaking havoc and breaking the law, President Trump made it clear he would deal decisively to protect the innocent and bring thugs to justice. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's staffers actually gave money to bail out the thugs. More than a dozen Biden staffers bragged about donating to the so-called Minnesota Freedom Fund, which puts up bail money for the violent Antifa rioters. A spokesman for the Biden campaign wouldn't even say whether these donations were coordinated within the campaign. Just like you'd expect from an establishment politician, that spokesman talked out of both sides of his mouth by saying that while Biden opposes violence, he also thinks the rioters shouldn't have to post bail at all. When there are thugs roaming the streets terrorizing innocent Americans, we don't need a leader who will stay silent, and we definitely don't need a leader siding with the thugs. We need a leader with the guts to draw a line in the sand and follow through when it counts. The American people need a champion who will never back down when confronted by bullies and terrorists. We don't want to hide in the shadows anymore. We want to take our nation back to live without fear for our person and our property. The first and foremost responsibility of any legitimate government is to protect its citizens. When November comes around... Americans will have to decide if the best person for that job is a man who says it like it is or a man whose staffers pay bail money for thugs. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. It's no secret that globalists are bent on destroying Western culture. Whether the threat comes from inside or outside our borders, America must be protected from cultural Marxism and those who would deny American sovereignty. We're seeking your insight at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, um, let's uh, wrap up for 4th of July. You know, there's no show tomorrow, July 3rd. So wrapping up 4th of July celebration, I recommend a couple of things, concrete things. First of all, it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of fireworks. Uh, places have pushed, but pulled back on that. There's not the big events. So I recommend very carefully, very safely, get your own fireworks if you're in a place that allows them. And I'll just remind you, the only thing I remember from my childhood, we used to have fireworks growing up a lot. And uh, my father and mother used to say, don't ever light a firework in your hand, meaning put it on the ground and light it. That's the best way not to lose a finger or get burned and all the rest. So I hope you celebrate Fourth of July. The other one is read the Declaration of Independence. I plan to read it out loud. I'm going to be hosting a a, a booth, a tent at the um, Great Falls Farmers Market. I'll have up some Trump signs. I'll have copies of the uh, that's that's the farmers market right near my house, and we'll have. Copies of the of the Declaration of Independence. Read that thing out loud. Read that thing out loud and celebrate it. It's the best thing. It's our founding documents. I keep telling people, go back to our founding documents. You'll find out that it's special, not because we said we had it perfect. We we did it. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, we had to get away from the Brits. We did that. We we declared those rights. Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self evident. All men are created equal. And we went on from there and said, but we're going to go for a more perfect union. And here we are working on it. And we set up the best system in the history of the world. More flourishing, more respect, more opportunity for all people, no matter size, shape, color. Unbelievable American history. Forget these morons and evildoers who say history, tear it down and we hate it and all that. Just celebrate the history. It's un- It's epic. Everybody in the world knows it, and they, and they watch the American people running around having to defend ourselves against people that say that they, they love America, but what they really hate is America. They really hate America. And by the way, I want to encourage you, if, you, if you're not over on Parler, you should go over on Parler, the, uh, the, the social media app, P-A-R-L-E-R, and here's the thing about it, which is really fun. It is actually kind of an echo chamber. And so when you go over there, you'll see people quoting the Constitution, quoting the Declaration of Independence. It's really a center right. It's it's libertarian conservative leaving. The the founder is a libertarian. And so it's and I'm not a libertarian. I'm not a huge fan. I think libertarians are trying to fake it until they make it because they don't want to have to discuss the hard issues with their neighbors or their friends or their wife or their spouse or whatever. But anyway, we put that aside. But the guys that the guy and the guys that the guy that founded John Matzey is uh, is great. And and the most important thing is it's totally free speech. You know, there's not a lot of the, the nonsense and the BS. But here's what I want to tell you. What's really cool about it. Over there, there are some trolls, but not many. There are some nasty people, but not many. And so it's a more pleasant place to be. And I was telling this to a friend of mine who's really smart. And I said, he said to me, Ed, it's a time of consolidation, not persuasion. And we went, he went on to explain that you need to talk amongst the people that understand what you're about and, they, and you understand what they're about and solidify what you're up to and then go do it. And you can't spend your time right now yelling at each other, who dis- at people who disagree. He said it's just not fruitful enough. And I think that's actually right. It was the first time somebody said it quite like that. So go over to Parlor, and you'll be so pleased to see. One of the guys that's over there in spades is uh, Dan Bongino. And he's over there. He, he's, he's on Parlor a ton. But there's lots of uh, patriots who are doing things like I just said, quoting the, the Declaration of Independence. They're, um, um, they're uh, 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 posting as 
aspects of the Constitution, quotes from our, our founding fathers. It's very cool. It's very cool. It's very encouraging. And here's the only wrinkle. I noticed Politico, which is a place to go, politico.com, to see how the left is thinking. You know what? They wrote a piece, a lengthy piece. They said uh, Republicans are going over to parlor, and, and so are their trolls. And I thought, oh, no. If the, if the nasty people that like to spend their time saying nasty stuff are going to end up over there, it won't be nearly as fun. It won't be nearly as relaxing to go there and see uh, and see the um, uh, you know kind of what's going on and feel a little bit better. So I hope that doesn't happen, but you never know what uh, what will come. But anyway, go check that out. So now listen. The last thing I want to say is we got just a couple minutes left. It's the Fourth of July, and just remember, our nation. It's the greatest nation ever in the world extraordinary, extraordinary history, extraordinary uh, uh, progression through time towards more and more justice, more and more opportunity, more and more flourishing. There's never been a place that's had the kind of flourishing that we have. And instead of letting the fake news media and the Black Lives Matter and Antifa come and, and, and shake your uh, foundations, shake your beliefs, shrug it off. Shrug off the idiots and remember what you know in your gut. And, you know, one of the best ways for, I know to celebrate, and, and I encourage you to do this, is the Pledge of Allegiance. There's very little in the Pledge of Allegiance that normal people can object to. It has a unifying effect. It's fun to say. It's got God in it, which is cool. It's got liberty and justice in it for all. I mean, it's got the right things. Plus, on a day like uh, Fourth of July, when there'll be a million flags out, it's kind of an easy one to turn and hit and, and pledge to the flag. So uh, consider that. And uh, I will tell you this, uh, General Flynn will be posting a statement uh, on 4th of July. You're going to want to go check that out. He will post it in on Parler as well as on Twitter. So uh, if you're on either of those platforms, go check it out. So uh, let me c- conclude by saying to all our men and women in the military and, and veterans, thank you for your service. Uh, I had a long conversation today with uh, a friend of mine who um, served and uh, is back from an eight-month float uh, out uh, on, the, uh, on the Atlantic and great service. These are great people. Uh, so thank you to all of you for your service. And uh, thank you to the folks at The Answer San Diego for the great job they do. For Randy, who's been filling in for our great Noah as the technical director of the show. Joanna, for helping us produce it. And especially you listeners for being there, making it such a great uh, part of our lives to be able to ben- spend this time together. So happy Fourth of July, everybody. No show tomorrow on the 3rd. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. Have a great Fourth, everybody. Talk to you next week.